This is Sound and Vision on KXP, and this is a special podcast episode. Moral is an Iranian-American producer living in Los Angeles. She recently released her third full-length album titled Ground Groove. Her influences range from Animal Collective to Lee Scratch Perry, as well as samples that help her connect with her Persian heritage. KXP's Isabel Khalili talks with Moral about the album, and Isabel starts by explaining her own connection to the music. I first got to know Moral's music a couple years ago when I interviewed her about her album Push. I was intrigued when I heard that this experimental electronic producer was sampling Persian classical music to create a folk club sound. I had to hear this. Being Iranian-American myself, it's always exciting to hear my heritage celebrated and pushed forward, not only aligned with tragedy or terror. What keeps me coming back to Moral's music is how she transforms these Persian samples, filtering them through heavy distortion and deep echoing bass. She's created a completely singular sound. It's both heavy and transcendent, with relics of an enduring history passing through like shimmers of sunlight. I recently sat down with Moral again, this time about her latest album, Ground Groove. We started by discussing how she gets inspired while moving through the world, with sounds passing her by in the street, and how she captures that ephemeral feeling in her music. It's, um, you know, going on walks and listening to the sounds is what has inspired my music making the most. You know, from going and walk on walks in Iran. And just like the prayer call happening. And then someone's blasting music from their car. All these different sounds coming in and I'm listening to something like on my iPod back then, you know what I mean? Like that sort of vibe. And then movement within Los Angeles. Because every part of Los Angeles has like a different kind of culture in it. So it's like you'll be in one part and you'll hear Armenian music. In another part you'll hear like cumbia. And that sort of convergence of sound as you're walking or driving through a city, I think, is, is really inspiring. It inspires kind of that briefness in my music where it's like suddenly you'll hear something combined together and make like a beautiful section, but it's only like two seconds, five seconds long. And then it disappears. And that's what sound is like when you're walking around a city, you know, something comes in and out and then it's gone forever. I'm just trying to kind of capture that feeling. So I kind of want to enter the album. I feel like this first track, Feedback Jam, really makes me feel like I'm just sinking into the ground, being pulled into some kind of underground club or something. And then there's these, these gems that are sparkling through, through the sound that you've created. How 
does this song prime listeners for the rest of the album? And can you talk about the album title, Ground Groove? Yes, so it's a song that really um, represents kind of what I was trying to do with this album, bringing in that muddy, like, earth vibe. It's like some creature is escaping from, like, the earth's core, and it's making its way out of, like, this primordial zone into the, the world of now and then just keep going until it gets to like the astral plane. It had that feeling like you're talking about where you're like, it feels like you're building and you're coming from the ground up. You know, the title of the album, it, we called it Ground Groove because initially I had started working on this with this amazing visual artist named Brenna Murphy. And we had been paired together to do this piece for Rewire Festival in 2021. So we had been working on this audiovisual piece and we ended up titling that audiovisual piece Ground Groove because it felt like we kept talking about the earth, mountains, all these nature aspects. But at the same time, what we were making wasn't technically natural. So there's like a, you know, alienness to it all. And yeah, there's like a, a, a groove to it that we fell into. Since we're talking about collaborators, I know you've described the samples in your music as collaborators and kind of the process of working with samples as being very collaborative or treating your samples like bandmates, even if it's from, you know, an artist who's passed away years ago. Yes, like I definitely have that sort of relationship with my samples where it feels like we're jamming together and they're kind of guiding the way. It's like instead of having the drums or my production guide the way, it's like the samples guide the way or like what I decide to sample ends up influencing how the song forms. And I find that really exciting to have that sort of relationship with the samples. And I end up creating like these little characters for each sound or each type of sample. And it just, I, it feels like yeah, we're truly just jamming in a space. And then, you know, somehow the vocalist will change into another vocalist and like these vortexes open up and, you know, all these different things are constantly changing and shifting as the samples are manipulated. And what I've been doing for the last three records, actually, um, for Mahu Club, Push, and now this record, is I've been kind of using the same sample sources. So this is something I'm curious if people have noticed. I wondered about that. Yeah. <laughs> like Dusty? Yes, exactly. Oh my God, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Dashi is, you know, a certain modal of melodies in Persian classical music, and it's a it's a part of a daska. So it's like there's a lot of different versions of people jamming within the melodic structure of Dashi. So I'll end up using the same song that's just like this one person's jam on Dashi, but I've also been using other versions of people jamming on Dashi. <laughs> So it's like I'll kind of re-sample these samples, but in like a different way because I'm interested in seeing how far I can push it within using the same 
songs again because they're my band members. So I didn't want to change the band members. I just wanted to continue working with them and seeing what what we can do within that realm. concept I guess seems really important to just DJing in general because the DJ will have their library and the way that they play it out for each live setting will be very different depending on the crowd and kind of that moment and it's improvisational often. Definitely DJing has influenced how I make my music um, 100%. That's how I started getting into music making was DJing but DJing in this like alternative way that I figured out for myself in Ableton. It's like for me, DJing is about storytelling. So, you know, even to this day, I'll just DJ old tracks or, you know, tracks I've DJed before, but in a new way. And that sort of idea of taking things that are old or have been done before and doing it in a new way comes from, you know, first of all, the philosophy behind Persian classical music and you know you're doing this the same repertoire that every all the other masters have been studying for the past like hundreds of years but it's up to you how you interpret that repertoire so that's kind of how I approach DJing Also, I feel like seeing certain bands like Animal Collective Live, where every time you'd go see them, they would be playing the same songs, the same set list, but within that set list, they would have different ways of transitioning or different ways of approaching the song in that moment. And that really influenced my DJing. On this album, you had a little more, you had more live contributions. Like you were playing guitar, bass, singing, How has that process been? Like, has it opened up new dimensions of music making for you? Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to expand my musicianship um, as I grow as a producer, too. There was some guitar in the last record, but I had the help of my friend um, Sodrove for that. And that was really awesome. Um, But for this one, it was just me. So I just tried to bring in those elements of a rock band because, again, I'm obsessed with indie music, I'm obsessed with alternative music, and those bands like The Breeders. That sort of sound, I really want to try to incorporate that into my music. Although I'm not, uh, I'm not a great player at any of these instruments, I try to figure out my own way of incorporating these sounds. started out as a listener more than wanting to be a musician and I just would study every genre and, and the subgenres within the genres and really get deep into the history of music a lot of punk music a lot of like anarcho-punk you know which I've talked about a lot before the band Crass really influencing me with it, their sonics and their philosophy
and then you know it uh, evolved into being more interested in like yeah shoegaze and my bloody valentine Another big influence was like dub music. I remember really just wanting to know how to use delay in the way that they did and becoming very obsessed with certain effects. Distortion and delay was like a big influence. And then, you know, getting into electronic music through burial, obviously. And, you know, those kind of classic things that we were all getting really excited about from like 2006 to 2009. That was like a very important period in music for me. Just like seeing the way that these bands kind of went beyond what we thought was capable, basically, especially like Animal Collective, the way that they treated sampling and how they made it into a full band sort of thing is like really influential. You had that collaboration with Panda Bear too recently. That track with Panda Bear was really special because it was what I got to focus on during the pandemic and kind of uplifted me and helped push me forward into the new sound of ground groove or like, yeah, wanting to work with more live drums, which is like what Panda Bear sent me first was a bunch of live drums from him. And then I built the track off of that. And just like that sort of collaboration with someone who I admire and sonically really appreciate their take on things. He's like one of my favorite drummers. So it was just like, yeah, it really pushed me to kind of want to expand my sound and help me get to this next era of my music. I was curious, I was like reading the track list before I actually even listened, and I felt like there was a kind of story there, like some wild night. Toward the beginning, there's like the heart shimmer, and then hold my hand, go for a walk, and then it ends with Glimmer's Kiss. Is there a story there, or am I reaching? No, yeah, there's definitely a story within the um, track titles, and you know, because a lot of what I am sampling is in Farsi, I'm still trying to convey the feeling that I'm feeling by sampling the Farsi words. I don't know, like, you know, I'll go into a song and I'll be like, oh, this feels romantic. So when I title the tracks, I am really thinking about what the tracks make me feel like. So like, yeah, for Heart Shimmer, that's supposed to be my version of like a romantic song where I feel like the samples, I'm kind of singing through them. And it's like me singing a sweet romantic song or like it feels like that feeling of like love for someone and that makes your heart shimmer. You know, right after that, there's a title in Farsi that says Avaz Adel, which means song of the heart. So that's another 
kind of, you know, heart-oriented thing. And it's because within that song, there is like a sample that um, says the word den in it, which is heart. And then, yeah, hold my hand, go for a walk. That's a, that, that's, those are the lyrics to the song and that's in English. So that's a kind of self-explanatory, but for like the song Shy Night that features Brenna, I sample this Persian poet named Furuga Farahzad, who I um, sampled in my last record, and I and I always include her in my mixes, and she's really important to me and important to my family. Just someone who's been like kind of the guiding light of me growing up within this very matriarchal family where, you know, it's my mom, my aunts, it's like all women in, in Iran when I would go visit. And that was really cool to be surrounded by so many women and so many strong women. So we all kind of idolized Furur Farahzad and my grandma had like a poster of her above her bed. So I sample her a lot. And in that song, she says, Shabamasum, which means like um, shy night. Hello. She kind of represents that spirit of Iranian women that really are willing to go above and beyond to to fight for what they believe in and that kind of spirit of warmness through it all. You know, like they don't take, I mean, they don't take... Uh, yeah, it's okay. We can, we can leave it. Yeah, we'll just leave it. But yeah, the spirit of women. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And yeah, that, that there's still so much tenderness in her poetry is that warmth that you're talking about. I really like that. In our last interview and in the press materials for the last album, you talked about wanting to pass down the beauty and the feeling of perseverance that is a part of Iranian culture and music. Um, and, you know, we are once again witnessing that resilience and strength of the Iranian people in their struggle for freedom. So right now, I think what, what you're doing with your music, it's resonating even more deeply for me and probably others. Could you talk about um, that and how kind of passing down these relics of Iranian culture is important to you? Yeah, I feel like, you know, I think a lot about the history of the Iranian people and the history of our culture and the struggles that we've all like we've had to go through throughout time and how through all of that there is like you know there's like I think we talked about this in our last interview just like this feeling of melancholy just like ingrained within our culture but at the same time there is that hopefulness and perseverance to always try to better ourselves and our you know our lives for each other and like this kind of camaraderie that I feel like has what is what kept the Iranian culture flourishing and kept the people strong through everything is that feeling of something beyond just nationality you know what I mean like it's just like really an ancient sort of way of being and like I think people still have that inside of them and it's really beautiful to see how that you know, is still utilized within this time period. And 
I'm always in awe and inspired by the people of Iran, and I try to take their that sort of their sounds and their emotions and try to bring that into the music in order to kind of pass down that feeling of awe that I feel about the Iranian people and the culture and everything encompassing that. Definitely, because you you think about like the borders, the present day borders, and the types of governments that have power and. It's just so stifling of that spirit that you're talking about, and music and art is a place where you can kind of be free from those types of constraints, and it's it's something that I think people hold on to, always have, and and always will, and it gets people through, you know, protests and revolution. Like art is such an anchoring thing through change. Exactly. That was KXP's Isabel Khalili speaking with the artist Morale. Her latest album, Ground Groove, came out on October 18th on Leaving Records. Thanks so much to our whole podcast team for getting this episode together. Namely, Isabel Khalili. Thank you so much for this piece. If you like stories like this, I really highly recommend you tune in to KXP on Saturday mornings from 7.30 to 9 a.m. Pacific time, because that's when Sound and Vision plays, and we play all kinds of stories like this. You can also find it in the archive anytime at kexp.org. Thanks so much for being here. If you like this podcast, please rate and review it. It helps us a ton. For KXP, I'm Rachel Stevens. Stop, 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 stop.